Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Let's Talk Jets Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Jets Radio. This is one of your hosts, Tyson Roush, and yes, as you know, we have plenty to talk about tonight. We have the debacle in New England, which was the Jets' loss. We have the Oakland Raiders coming up. We also have a very special guest joining us, too. So before we go into that, I'd like to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, Joe from Long Beach. Joe, what's up, man? What's going on, Ty? What's going on? Fired up, as you said, I am a man of the people. I absolutely love the people. Listen, let me shamelessly promote our Facebook page. Go on Facebook, search Long Beach Joe, like that page, listen to our content on there, message us, we'll message you right back. Give us feedback, man. Tell us tell us what you think about the show. You know, let us know, let us hear you. So absolutely love you guys, love talking to the people. Let's go ahead and get right into the show, man. I'm fired up. Yeah, and before we bring on our special guest, I, I'll just give you what, in, in the radio world what they call a tease. Please stay tuned after our special guest because I'm actually going to tear this organization to shreds from Mike McAgnon to Todd Bowles all the way down to the actual team. So, Joe, I know you have your opinions. I have mine. And I will tell you this, there are no moral victories in the NFL. And to be any, what, any point satisfied from that performance on Sunday, walking away proud of the team and all this, a loss is a loss. But let's save that for another time, <laughs> about 20 minutes from now. And we're going to have really our special guest. And our guest is Jerry Cahill um, from the Boomer Science Foundation. It's a foundation that, you know, raises awareness for cystic fibrosis, raises money for it. So Jerry's an educator for it. He does a, a lot of great work in the community. Jerry, this is Joe and Tyson from Let's Talk Jets. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. How you doing? Well, minus the Jets' loss on Sunday, we're doing pretty good, man. We're, we're trying to bounce back and look forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you. 
So, Jerry, um, while we get started, can you just give us a little bit of background about the Boomer Science Foundation and kind of the role you play with them? Yeah, well, sure. Um, well, I have cystic fibrosis. Uh, I had a double lung transplant three and a half years ago. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty close to the foundation and causes for cystic fibrosis. Uh, you know, uh, Boomer does a lot of work for cystic fibrosis. His son has cystic fibrosis, Gunner. And the things we do at the foundation, uh, we do a lot of awareness, education. We do a lot of fundraising. Uh, Boomer believes in giving back to people with cystic fibrosis in the here and now as we await a cure. So we give out, on an average, probably over six, $700,000 a year in scholarships for people with cystic fibrosis. We assist people that are undergoing a double lung transplant that have cystic fibrosis, or it could be a liver transplant. Uh, and the foundation also raises a lot of money for research for a cure. We're all waiting for that cure. Uh, and the foundation has a lot of events uh, to raise awareness. Uh, uh, we do a lot of athletic events. We do a, we black tie events. We do a lot of various events uh, to cover all people in all different walks of life. That is absolutely wonderful, Jerry. And I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We love bringing awareness to great causes. Kind of want to what is the most memorable moment from something that the foundation was involved in for you? I think probably there's probably two things there. Uh, one is that we, um, Boomer was a major sponsor, the foundation of an adult cystic fibrosis uh, and lung program at New York Presbyterian. You know, through the years, you know, people have looked at cystic fibrosis as a, uh, a children's disease. But, you know, people now with cystic fibrosis are living well into their 40s. I'm actually 59. Uh, so Boomer uh, was very instrumental in paving the way for people with cystic fibrosis to transition from pediatrics to adult centers by putting a lot of funding uh, into New York Presbyterian to build this uh, adult cystic fibrosis uh, lung program. So it's that's been great. Another thing, Boomer being an athlete himself, we've created, because exercise is a key factor in staying healthy with cystic fibrosis, so we created an exercise for life scholarship for people with cystic fibrosis where it's a true scholar-athlete award that people, besides having good grades, they have to run or jog a mile and a half. So uh, it's a true scholar-athlete award, and uh, it's brought a lot of awareness to exercise and the importance of, you know, keeping your lungs clear with cystic fibrosis. Mm, that's, that's an absolutely great event. What, what kind of other events do you guys have coming up as well? Well, some of the other events we have coming up, uh, we have on November 12th, we have uh, what's called Refi Rock Winter Wonderland at the Marquee Nightclub. Uh, and that's kind of a real fun event. Uh you know, a lot of music and partying, but we raise a lot of money there. On March 20th, we have the New York City uh, Half Marathon. Uh, on May 1st, we have the Five Borough Bike Tour. Uh, obviously, this weekend, we have over 100 people running in the New York City Marathon for Team Boomer. And another program we're doing uh, to raise a lot of awareness and funds, it's called 60 for 60, which I'll be doing. I turned 60 in 2016, and we're going to be doing 60 events in the year that I turned 60. So that should Wait, inspire Jerry, Jerry, a lot of people that, out there. Is that 60 as in 6-0? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 6-0. <six, zero. laughs> 
So uh, kind I kind of, of got roped into that one after I did the the bike to breathe 500 mile bike ride. I was like, well, what am I going to do next? This is insane. I'm 59, and what am I even doing this for? So, uh, you know, they thought, well, Jerry, you'll be 60. Let's do 60 events in the year you turn 60. So me uh, said, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So what, kind of, what, what kind of events are those? Well, there'll be a lot of exercise events, but it'll be about all body, mind, and spirit and, uh, you know, positive. So this year it'll be a 600-mile bike ride. There'll probably be, uh, you know, doing, you know, 60 push-ups within, you know, I don't know, a minute, a minute and a half. Uh, there'll be karaoke from each decade. So we're going to incorporate not only exercise things, but just, you know, just body, mind, and spirit and social events and fishing, maybe catching 60 fish. So I'm out there for who knows how long until I catch 60 fish. Fish. Uh, there'll be, uh, you know, surfing, board surfing, and various events uh, like that. So we haven't come up with the full list yet. Uh, this just happened like four weeks ago, and when I finished the bike to breathe, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's but remarkable. It's happening, that's you know, for sure. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> remarkable, and actually, your your story is inspiring. And just like this whole cause is pretty inspiring. How you guys you're raising money, you're out, like you're raising awareness, which is awesome. You know, and, and for our listeners, we're talking to Jerry Cahill from you know the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Please go to www.esiason.org. Um, Jerry, how can people get involved with your foundation? Well, people get involved. Number one, they can uh, just email us at info at uh, and we're always looking for volunteers to help out in events. We're always looking for people to do events. I mean, it's a grassroots kind of thing. I mean, I started Team Boomer several years ago and basically it started by me doing a turkey trot and raising some money and boomer said you know if you want to do it let's let's start it up and start a cost center and i raised money and we started giving out a scholarship from there and from there it grew into you know we're doing marathons and we're raising a lot of money that way so you know it could be a, people want to do a cupcake sale or they want to do a, a walk or anything like that it's just you know you can contact at info at org. Tell us what you're interested in doing. I mean, we have some kids that are in grammar school that are, you know, raising $200. And, you know, we're appreciative of that. It helps other people with cystic fibrosis. It helps us give more scholarships. It's more money to research for a cure. Uh, so every little bit makes a difference. You yeah, know, Don, we will be sure to you know, promote all your, your events and share the information you just share with us because it's a great cause and we definitely want to help out. But Jerry, you know, you're on a New York Jets show here, so we got to ask you a couple of football questions. We're not going to pass anything hard. We'll we'll say we'll say the hard questions for our listeners and our, our, our callers. But um, I guess, my, are you surprised like how the New York Jets are playing so far? I mean, they're the four and two. Ryan Fitzpatrick's, you know, the Fitz magic is around. Are you surprised? Am I surprised of some of the changes or? Yeah, the, some of the changes and actually their the actual success with the Jets being four and two so far. Well, I mean, I think they're having a great season so far. I mean, they're four and two. I mean, uh, I think the Jets' defense is probably one of the best in the NFL right now. Um, you know, I mean, the new coach Todd Bowles has, has proven to be doing quite well. I mean, it's like you know, I, I like in some of it almost a you know to joke a little bit, but it's like <clears throat> when you have CF and you're going to a new doctor, uh, you know, hopefully it works out and it seems to be working out quite well. Uh, you know, the quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, who went to Harvard, he's a pretty smart guy. Kind of looks like a doctor himself. 
Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think the, the New York fans uh, should be quite excited. I mean, it's a, it's a great team that's happening so far. I mean, uh, I think they're going to have a win this weekend. Uh, it was a tough weekend uh, that just passed, but... Uh, you know, I think uh, I think we've we've got some things together. I mean, the team seems pretty solid, and the defense has been unbelievable. You're, you're absolutely correct, Gary. I'm sure you listened to the show before. You know, I'm a big Fitz guy, so when you talk about Fitz, man, my heart just warmed up. <laughs> so you definitely know what, what you're talking about here. And yes, you know, our defense is solid, and the team's coming along. We've had our bumps, like we said, you know, this past week, which we'll cover later on in the show, but definitely a bump and a hurdle. But we're moving forward. Uh, and we're going to see what the team does with the rest of the year. I also wanted to get your take on who's your favorite Jets player of all time, man, because we've gone back and forth about this team. Oh, wow. Well, I think you know who I'm going to say to that. I mean, I'm going to say Boomer. Easy one. Uh, <laughs> Boomer Siason. I mean, uh, you know, Boomer, I mean, he's just uh, an all-around good person. Uh, the, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great human being. He does a lot. He works hard. He does a lot for the cause of cystic fibrosis. I mean, his son was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis uh, when he played for the Jets. I mean, he had to leave the field uh, at a May mini camp uh, when Cheryl called him his wife, and he had to head back to Cincinnati. Uh, and the Jets have always been very supportive of Boomer and the foundation. So, uh, I mean, that, that's for me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, me having cystic fibrosis and to see what Boomer has done for uh cystic fibrosis the disease and the awareness that he's created uh you know i think it's just kind of a, a simple layup that you know boomer is is my favorite yeah no doubt and like in that see joe threw your softball there so we we were being very very nice to you but no it's but i'm only, I'm only busting you know, and it's, it's remarkable because it, it in, in this day and age a lot of the a lot of headlines are about the negativity around athletes and, and celebrities and things like that and it's it's great to see Boomer giving back. I mean, actually, you know, it's he's actively involved because of his son, but also just giving back, and it's it's just really it's inspiring. So, um, Jerry, yeah. first of all, we want to thank you for calling in tonight. We definitely appreciate it. And can you give out your uh, the contact information one more time? Yeah, so you can go to www.asiason.org and can learn a lot about what we're doing at the foundation. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us about doing some kind of an event or getting involved, go to info at asiason.org and Probably nine out of ten those times those emails are going to come directly to me, so I'm sure that I'll be speaking to many of the people if they uh, they email in to us. Awesome. Jerry, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Okay, bye. Now, please, and everybody, all our listeners and followers, and I'm sure that Kevin's going to tweet out the information as well, is, you know, go to asiason.org. They're very active in the community. It's a great cause. I mean, I'm sure most New York Jets fans are aware of Boomer and his son and everything else, but it's definitely a great cause and a great foundation. Now, Joe, we are going to approach a different topic now, and this is our good old New York Jets. The New York Jets, that went in, they went into Foxborough with high hopes because it's a battle for first place. This is our time to prove ourselves. We're going to go get the best in the league, and we're going to show what we have. Now, I want to ask you this question. If I told you that before halftime we'd have a meltdown with kind of time management issues, kind of some weird play calling, if I told you in the fourth quarter our defense would fall apart, we'd make some game management, time management, complete blunders, 
if I told you once again we fell short in a frustrating, disappointing loss to New England Patriots, would you say the coach is Herman Edwards, Rex Ryan, or Todd Bowles? Which coach would you say it was? I, I would honestly, I would probably say Rex because that was kind of his his trait. Uh, but yeah, it was frustrating to watch for sure. But I would say Rex, but it isn't Rex. No, it's not Rex, but it's very – some of the, the time management issues brought us back to Dick Pearl and Herman Edwards and the good old blunder days of not handle timeouts, which was completely embarrassing. Uh-huh. The defense completely falling apart with blown coverages and a third and 17 meltdown, which is completely ridiculous, was reminiscent of Rex Ryan's defense. So can you answer this question for me? Before we go into Brandon Marshall's drop and before we go into everything else we did wrong, can you explain to me why Todd Bowles is getting off so easy with these blunders? You know, I think I think he's getting off easy. I mean, I've heard certain people rip him, but I think a lot of people kind of look at it rosy because we were 4-1. and one. You know, he is – so far we've been able to get wins, even though it's been, you know, some questionable calls, questionable challenges, questionable timeout management, as you said. Uh, but we've been able to kind of string together some wins. So – that's the only way I can see – or that's the only thing I see that that's why he may be getting off easy in your eyes because people are just saying, okay, well, yeah, we did lose this game. People are taking the moral victory. But, you know, it is what it is. We lost this game. We made a lot of bad bad decisions, a lot of bad time management decisions, a lot of bad timeout decisions as well. So it was, it was bad to watch. You know, what is, you, know what, you know what I'm tired of? You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of losing games like this. I'm tired of it. It's like different yeah. coach, same result. And don't you know? And everybody's going to say we're four and two. Don't worry about it. Well, I am going to worry about it because I'm tired of losing games like this. You, you can make those mistakes against a terrible Cleveland Browns team or a Colts team that's lost in space or a Miami Dolphins team that had a coach that was a clown. You can do that. You can't do these things against the upper echelon teams. That's a fact. Your wiggle room is gone. Game management and time management is vital to win big games. You can't do it. You're not going to win a big game. Period. That's it. There's, there's no other way around it. And this is the second time. He, this isn't the first time he's had some time management issues. So I guess no. is, is the caveat saying he's a first-time head coach? I mean, save me the three games that I am. He's a first-time head coach. He's going to learn and get better? Or is it a legitimate concern, Joe? I think he's a first-time head coach, and he's going to learn and get better. That's, that's honestly what I, what I believe. Um, if you look at everything else that we've done outside of this, outside of the game, the timeout issues and the challenge issues. Um, we've honestly we've made adjustments better than we have in years uh, coming out in the second half. He's gotten guys to play, um, you know, this whole bringing the team together, all these things, all, all the other things that he's done, you know, kind of scream that he's got it, but he just needs to work on certain things. And, and that aspect of the game may be something that he needs to work on. Um, it's not something that but, he but might why, need to work on. It's something why? that he does need to work on. But why Why the difference in half this week? This week was the first week before halftime, which was like he got a little bit conservative. I and mean, the time management was mind-boggling. I, I just didn't understand it at all, to be honest with you. And I, I try to understand the game and try to figure things out. And then the defense, he may have made adjustments. How many sacks did we get in the second half? I believe it was zero, correct? Zero. Yeah, zero. We didn't get any. Um, I think that what you exactly what you said earlier was the fact that these are upper echelon teams. So when, when you come out in that second half and when they come out in the second half too, their adjustments are going to be potent. They're going to come out and they're going to be ready. Um, and so when you go into a half like that and you come back out and you don't get too much of, if any, pressure on Tom Brady and you don't get any sacks and 
you know, Ivory's hurt. He's not looking so well either. So the running game was ineffective. Um, it was just a lot of different things that did not work out for us. But those are the things when you play good teams, upper echelon teams, that, hey, it's going to be a tough road. You're not Like you said, we're not playing the Cleveland Browns. We're not playing, you know, these, these other teams, the Eagles or the Wee Colts coming out in the second half. We know they're going to come out and they're going to play hard. So we just – it just yeah, didn't work out for us. And, and, and for the people that are listening and that are going to tweet me all this anger, listen, I'm not saying this team is terrible. I'm saying in a big spot, this team fell up, fell up short and in a bad time in a bad way that was reminiscent of teams under Rex Ryan, reminiscent of teams under Herman Edwards, and it's not acceptable. And listen, I know it's only week six or seven or whatever it is, and I don't care. This, this was a monumental opportunity to make a statement, and they didn't do it. And if you want to say, well, you know, if, if Brandon Marshall catches that touchdown, it's a different ball game. Well, here's a newsflash for you. If Brandon LaFell catches three or four of his 17,000 drops, it's a different <laughs> ball game. If Julian Edelman catches his pass, it's a different ball game. So stop looking at what the Jets did wrong. Look at the Patriots, show. They were dropping passes left and right. Tom Brady probably had another 120 yards in passing yards if these guys hold on to the football. It's a brand-new game if they hold on to the ball, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they had 11 total drops on the day. Uh, Brandon LaFell accounted for six. So, yeah, it's a totally different game if they do catch those footballs. Um, there was a lot of different things. Like you said, a lot of blown coverages. Gronkowski catching that ball wide open just kind of blew my mind. Um, it, you know, our defense just did not play as well as I thought they should have, especially with the guys that we have on our, our defensive line. We touched on this earlier. We got three sacks in the first half. Second half, we come out, we don't get anything. On Brady, that that to me is inexcusable. With this makeshift offensive line, guys should be absolutely all over him. With the, with the talent that we have, it just it just didn't make too much sense to me. But it, again, this was a, a well coached team as always. The Patriots are always well coached, and we just didn't do enough to get the job done. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and and, and there's another. There's, I have two more things I have to say. We'll go to all the callers. I promise we'll get everybody on. But it, here's my first. The Jets took a calculated risk by only having Ivory and Zach Stacey active on Sunday. According to reports, Ridley was able to play, but the Jets thought they were good with with Stacey and Ivory. That was a terrible decision, and I thought it was a terrible decision before the game even started. Two running backs is risky because if one of them gets hurt, you have Bohannon behind him, and that's really it. Zach Stacey now is a plotter. He He has no explosive ability behind him whatsoever. When Ivory went out early on, when Stacy was back there, it, it was just painful to watch. I'm like, why even run the ball? He, he's not that kind of running back. We're spoiled with Ivory, but Stacy comes in and he's slow. If if you know if Ridley can't play, sign a third running back. But you know what I mean, Joe? For me, only having two active running backs was a horrible decision. That hurt, yeah, that that hurt us big time. Um, and I'm still wondering why exactly because Ivory he wasn't announced as being hurt, and then he comes out and he. He doesn't look all that great. So I'm still wondering about why exactly they would start Ivory if he if they knew he was looking that bad uh, before. But like you said, you know, Zach Stacey being a plotter, it, it's not helping anyone. Um, and this is something we even talked about in the offseason as well. Bringing somebody in or finding somebody with explosion. You were yelling about this during the draft. Uh, you wanted us to draft Duke Johnson and all these other guys that had explosion. Get a guy in here that is a change-of-pace guy that can definitely – you know, take off. He's a threat every single time, and I think this is going to hurt us coming down the line. Um, you yeah, know, I, I, that, uh, <laughs> it's just, no, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like you need three running backs. Well, Bohannon yeah. played a very good game. I mean, he caught some big passes 
Bohannon's very quietly having a very good season. He really is. He's, he's making big blocks. He's doing the right thing. And I'm cool with it. But two running backs completely blew up in their face. Steve Weatherford was awful. I mean, he had a 30-yard complete garbage punt. And then the one big punt he had, he hit a line drive, so that's going to get returned. And the fact that he's still on the roster is mind-blowing. Why can't we bring in, like, 30 free agent punters and sit them all on the 20-yard line and let them punt all day long and pick the best guy? I mean, I'm tired of lousy punters. I'm tired of it. Yeah, we should have did that when we had we, we should have did that when we had quickly. <laughs> we should have brought in a bunch of free agent guys, just like you just said, and find out somebody that's better than the guys we have. We've talked about this a thousand times on this show. <laughs> Everything in front of me, but we've talked about this a thousand times with our special teams and how bad our punting was. And it, it's just it's trash. We need to go find a punter. We need to go find a solvent to this problem, and let's 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 fix it because it, it's not getting any better at all. No, and, it, and it's in big games like this where field position is monumental when you need to capitalize on all these hidden yards, we're completely dying. I mean, the, the return is terrible. I mean, Owosu's back, which is great, but the return game's been awful. The coverage's been terrible. Our punters are awful. And I just seriously, put a billboard on Route 3 by the stadium and say, listen, if you could punt, come to Florham Park, one Jets drive, and we're going to try you out. I'm tired of these bad punters. I'm tired of bad special teams. I really, I, I've had yeah. And the other thing, and, and, and we'll go to the card. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it's not just that. I really want to flip and talk about this offense because I feel like we're every time we play the Patriots, it's the same song and dance. I feel like I watch the game, and I come back and I say the same thing. We need to score. We need to punch it in when it matters. We need TDs. We can kick field goals all day. That's fine. But you have to finish drives against the Patriots. You have to. And uh, Willie Colon had this really good <laughs> little soundbite. Uh, where he talked about the fact that if you don't turn the knife on the Patriots when you got it in, they will turn that knife around and stab you with it. If you're not getting the ball in the end zone, it's going to hurt you, and that's what hurt us in this game especially as well. That Brandon Marshall drop, we talked about it. I mean, earlier, it's huge. It's huge. You have to put them away. Well, let's not let's not forget our good old friend Jeff Cumberland. Let's not forget him oh. because the fact the fact that we have to watch him play tight end for us again, we have no other options. It's like you watch it and it's like you just wait for it. I'm like, he's good for a drop. It's going to be a big one. Oh, there it is. Touchdown. Dropped it. Wonderful. Now you've contributed your your weekly drop. Now go back to the bench where you belong and let Kellen Devin, let Kellen Davis block. But my, my before we go to before we go to our good friend Ben, I have one question for you. I love Brandon Marshall as a receiver on the New York Jets. I think he's a tremendous leader. He's passionate. He does all these things. I'm sure the story about him him getting into a fight with a teammate is going to make major news tonight. Why is he getting a pass for not lining up at the end of the game? Why is he getting that false start? Why is nobody making a big deal out of that? To me, Joe, to be honest with you, listen, I know you're always setting up a Hail Mary. I, but you're a veteran player. How are you not getting lined up? Yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, everyone I've everyone I've I've seen are, is ripping him. I don't think anyone's giving him a pass because, like you said, and that was my exact thought when I was watching the game. You are a veteran guy, okay? You know what is going on on that field. You're aware. Get back and, and line up. Stop moving. Why are you doing the cha cha? Why are you moving around? Okay, nobody else is moving. You know that this is a vital part of the game. We're trying to set up for hail mary. The last second threat that we have. Get settled. And, and, and this, is, this is something we talk about as well. In every game, Brandon Marshall has a game-defining moment. Uh, against the Eagles, it was the worst play we've ever seen, that stupid pitch back to nobody that was counted as a fumble. That costed us. 
and he's he's had these moments where it's like these lapses in judgment um, where you have to wonder, like, where is he? Is he mentally there on the field? And this is one where he's supposed to be setting up. He's a veteran receiver, like we said. We love having him on the team, but it's like you have to get settled and you have to stop so that we can continue to try to win this game. It's just it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. Like if Devin Smith made that mistake, like all right, he's a rookie, he didn't know any better. Exactly. Like, and I understand. Listen, the game is over. You know, it's already we've already blew eighty seconds of stupidity. So I guess we had to end it with stupidity. <laughs> to me, it's like of all players to make that mistake, it's just it's ridiculous. It was the complete icing on the cake for a complete Jets meltdown. The same kind of meltdown we've seen for how many years now with this team? You change the coach, and the same goddamn things happen. And I'm tired of it. So okay, we're gonna write it off as. Whoever's saying moral victory is clueless because there's no moral victory in football, we're, we're going to say, oh, okay, we're going to be proud of them because they went toe-to-toe with the Patriots. Well, that means what? It means we lost. So mm-hmm. if you're happy with losing, more power to you. I'm tired of losing like this. I'm tired of losing to good teams. I'm tired of losing to the Patriots. So it, it's, we have to improve special teams, coaching, defense. Everybody has to improve. You're 4-2, and two, and don't tell me how we can win 11 games this year because there's no givens. When Nick Mangold went down, I almost passed out. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. if he's out for the year, well, this season's over. We, we don't have a replacement for Nick Mangold. So stop telling me about we're going to the playoffs. Stop telling me all these things. It's a week-by-week thing, and this past week was not good. We played well, but not good enough to beat a good team, and that bothers me. So we're, <laughs> I can go on this for hours, uh-huh. Joe. I, I, just, I, I just been pent up since Sunday. I'm still pissed off. But we're going to bring on our our good friend who's going to change. He's going to change the whole the whole tune of this show. So we can make us all happy now. We're all going to make us all I like the timing on that. What's up, Tyson? What's up, Joe? What's going on, man? How are you doing? He paused it it right when it, like, okay. It was good. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I like that, Kevin. Uh, I'm still in depression. I, I, I cannot believe how we lost that game. I, I knew going in, we, it was going to be tough. We were going to need every single... Uh, member of our roster, all 53 are going to have to contribute, and uh, I just think we didn't get that. I think towards the end, I think Bulls had a couple of mistakes. I mean, as you said earlier, he's a rookie coach. You know, you talk about Devin Smith making that mistake. He's a rookie coach. Um, yeah. 
Devin Smith making a mistake on, like, the, the lining up. Like, if that was him, he's a rookie. Pubble's a rookie coach. You've seen it in his challenges. They haven't been very good. But I guarantee you, if he's, I hope he's here in, like, the next eight years. By his eighth year, or hopefully sooner. But if he's there for a long time, he's going to, you know, improve on that. I think his late-game scenarios, he hasn't, he hasn't had very many. I mean, look at all our games. We've been up for a good amount. Um, and I just think... I do like his decision, though, to go with the folk field goal and then the onside. And I thought we were going to win it. Um, so after that Brandon Marshall, or after that Brandon Marshall drop, though, it was it was rough. I want to ask you guys, though, do you think this game could have um, a positive impact, not uh, a more positive impact than you think? You know, uh, 2010. If we didn't lose 45 to three in that game, you know, awful loss, horrible loss of the season. But if we don't lose, I don't know if we go that far in the playoffs because I think, I just think that that changed the whole demeanor of the team. They finally had that, you know, humbling moment and they came back even stronger. So do you think that this can help them, you know, a lot of lessons have been learned, especially for top bowling with, you know, the clock management and the team. You know, do you think this could help the team moving forward or do you think it's just going to be, uh, it could hurt them? Yeah, Ben, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for calling in, as always. I, I love speaking with you. Um, I, I'm of the mind of this, and I know that a lot of people say, you learn a lot more in a loss than you do in a win. I, I don't feel that way. I, I love to win. <laughs> I'm a winner. I think, <laughs> I think you can learn from any situation, whether you win or lose, you can look back and say, okay, this is what I can gather from this, and this is what I can gather from that, and this is where I need to improve. Um, I, I think that they can look back at this game and see – you know, all of their faults and how they need to improve. But I don't think we had to lose to do that because I really believe that this was a very winnable game. So I don't know if it necessarily will help them because I think we need to see how they rebound and come back from this, uh, especially with some of the injuries that we have. But I, I guess there's nothing else they can do but learn from this because, like, like Tyson and, and I have said, there's no moral victories here. You can't walk away saying, well, we played them tough. You still took an L. I don't care how tough you played. <laughs> you didn't do enough to get the job done. It's just That's just factual. Um, I, speaking of the injuries, I really want to talk to you about Chris Ivory, and he looked so bad. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to know, if you, if you were the head coach, how would you handle him? Would you sit him for the next game? And if you were to sit him, do you trust Stacy and, and and would you have Ridley starting as well? So yeah, here's the thing. I think that the the one negative about having well, there's multiple negatives, but a negative about having your buy so early is that for guys like Ridley, for Ivory, there's not much of a break. I mean, maybe after that Thursday night game in Buffalo, that's where you can get a long break. But I think yeah, at some point you're gonna have to sit him. I think we're gonna need him for Oakland because Oakland's not a. Uh, an easy victory in any stretch of imagination if you watched them last week. So they're going to need a, a, a team effort. Uh, and I think it just you have to play it by ear. If, if, he's, if he's doing well by Friday, then I think you can play him because he's obviously a big part of the team. I think, you know, with Rivalry, we would have won that game. I, I think we wouldn't have thrown a Jeff Cumberland fade route. I don't know what that play call was. But I don't think – believe me, I would get heated right now, but I lost my voice from yelling so much of that game. I'm like whispering right now because I was so angry at that game. But uh, I think, I just think, yeah, I think Chris Ivory, if he's good, you play him. I don't care if it's like, oh, it's the Raiders, maybe we don't need him. No, you play him if he's healthy. If he's not, then you sit him and then hope Ridley's back. And the other thing on Ridley is I think I can understand kind of what Todd Bowles was doing. I don't think it was, uh, uh, I don't think it was like, oh, well, we'll be fine. I think it was probably more of, it comes back to Weatherford. I think it was probably more of the signing of Steve Weatherford because, you sign him. I think the guy they were going to cut for Ridley was going to be Jaquan Jarrett, but you sign Weatherford and you cut Jaquan Jarrett. And you can't cut Quigley because 
if Weatherford does what he just did, you know, it's horrible, then you have to cut Weatherford and then have Quigley. So you don't want to cut Quigley, Weatherford be horrible, and then you have you know, to cut Weatherford. But I think he was just like, well, you know, he's coming off an ACL. Let's give him one more week, um, and then we can kind of work out our whole punter situation. I think that's probably what it was more than, you know, we'll be fine with Stacey and Ivory. Yeah, I, I think they took a calculated risk and it blew up in their face. I really do. I, yeah. I like, listen, I, I like what Zach Stacy brings to the table, but we need an explosive running back back there to complement Chris Ivory, a guy that can catch the ball, that can die to make a, a tackler m- miss and move on. Now, my question for you is this. I think we've seen these kind of losses before. I think what's going to define this team is how they bounce back against the Oakland Raiders, a West Coast game, a young team that's exciting, they're hungry. Amari Cooper is mm-hmm. – Yes, Fabi is an amazing player. <laughs> but I think that's – yeah, it is. Now, my question for you is, are you worried about a potential letdown, like just like a, a you know a team that's kind of a li- little bit demoralized, tired, going on the West Coast playing a, a young Raiders team? I think I'd be more worried about this game if it was Rex Ryan. And uh, I mean this if we had won or lost. Because I think if we win, uh, the Jets were, under Rex Ryan, we always you – know, they get too high and they get too low. So when they get too high, you know, it's like – they be, oh, we don't have to say you saw it in 2010. I think if we didn't, you know, hoist that, game, that Patriots game in the division round up so much, it was huge, but, but we wouldn't have come up flat against the Steelers in the first half. So I think that, you know, uh, and then in the loss, when I, I forget exactly who wrote this, but when you hype up a game, this Patriots game, as much as Rex Ryan did, and then you lose it, it just crushes your team. It just crushes your season. So when when Tom Bowles says, well, it's another game, it doesn't, you know, crush your entire season. You still have, you know, 14 games or 14 weeks or whatever it is. Uh, it's not 14, but whatever. <laughs> it's 10 or something. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say is just I think, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I believe that this team can come out strong. We haven't really necessarily seen it from Tom Bowles. I guess after the Eagles game was the only time we've seen him come off of a loss and it was very similar. It was a very similar game to the Eagles and the Patriots game. Um, it's like towards the end of it. Uh, but I think losing to the Patriots, it's going to be a key test for Todd Bowles. How did he handle losing to the Patriots? Is his team going to get all, you know, demoralized and come out flat and not, you know, give a crap, you know, or are they going to come out and they're going to be motivated? They're going to be angry that they should have won that game. And I hope it's the latter. I hope they come out angry for the rest of the season. No, I agree. I, I want to see them blow the Raiders out. I mean, there's, we'll go into the Raider matchup later on, but there's there's some matchups we should just take advantage and blow them out of the building. But now it's like West Coast game. You know, we have some injuries. You know, Calvin Pryor, Buster Spring, things like that. Ben, before we let you go, man, what is your prediction for Sunday? I think we're going to win. Uh, score wise, I think we're going to put up a good amount of points. I think we're going to go twenty-seven to ten or something like that. I would go, but. I don't know how comfortable I am in Oakland Raiders Stadium, so I, I, don't, I don't want to go in the black hole. So <laughs> I, I guess we'll wait till next year when we play the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, yeah, I think I think the Jets are going to win this one. I think they're going to come out motivated. I think Omar Cooper's going straight through even Island. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I just think the Jets are going to win this one. And then you look at the next couple of games. You know, Raiders, Jaguars, Bills, Texans. Uh, you know, you, you go down the line. The Jets season isn't over. After four weeks, we could be eight and two after that Bills game, or after the Texans game, if we win, and you still have, like, the tight Ben, ben the season isn't over. I'm not, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Ben, I'm just saying. This, ben, the season like, isn't over. One game at a time, my friend. I'm your just part, saying, your if part, the Jets take care of business, they can do some damage. 
We're, we're going to go game by game here on this radio show because we've seen, we've seen this team for too long. So we're just going to go game by game and try to embrace our, our success. Ben, yes, Ben, Tyson, Tyson before, before you kick yes. me off, Tyson, before you kick me off, um, you need to talk fantasy with me because you don't follow my personal account. <laughs> your personal account doesn't follow. I, yeah, I have a bone to pick with you. You didn't follow me back with your personal account, so I can't DM you. So I have to go to the Talk Chats Radio Twitter. We need to talk about a fantasy trade because my wide receivers are stinking up the joint, and you're a half game ahead of me. So I got to get that Listen. competitive edge. So follow me, and I'll DM you an offer. Listen, okay, man, we this will, is we Hollywood will... Roush. <laughs> this is Hollywood Roush, baby. He is not. He's not going to follow he... you. <laughs> he is not going to follow you on his own personal account. All right, he pulls up Ferraris, models. He's not, he's looking over you. He's looking past you. Okay, so just. You can you can beg him to make a trade. He may he may look down at you and say, uh, "I might I might bless you with something," but don't expect too much out of this man. All right. See, man, don't listen. Don't listen to don't listen to his nonsense. I I I actually like I actually enjoy your friendship, and I will make sure I follow you. We will talk fancy <laughs> trades this next couple of days. <laughs> Thanks for calling, in, man. All right, go, Jeff. Listen to you, Joe from Long Beach. Talking some trash. You know what? You're lucky we have a lot of people on hold. You lucky a lot of people on hold. Because if we didn't, I would come back to you with a, you know, just a little, just a kind of a refresher of just how things work around here. Sometimes you tend to forget what happens around here. Uh, man. Just a reminder. But we're gonna we're gonna go to our next caller. Next caller is. This guy, he's he's he, he's waffles at times. He doesn't waffle at times. We're going to bring our good friend Jude. So, Jude, this is Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. What's up, man? Uh, not much, really. How are you both doing? Good, man. What's on your mind? Uh, so I wanted obviously wanted to talk about the game, and I was listening to your meltdown, Tyson, and I just, I really just shook my head because I mean, I just did the math just now. I mean, the Patriots have won like what, forty-seven out of. 50 games, then like only lost 17 games altogether. I mean, it would be, it would have been nice if we won, but I don't think preseason anyone really predicted we would go up there and beat them. I'm not saying I'm happy we lost, but I'm just saying you just have to keep it in perspective. Overall, so what? What's wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. So what perspective <laughs> should I keep? I want to understand the perspective I should keep. I should be okay. The Jets blew a lead late in the game, completely melted was- down. Don't know how to use a timeout. I should be okay, okay. with that because the Patriots okay. are good. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Okay. But now that you told me that I should be okay with it, I'll be okay with it. Okay. Oh, wait. I mean, it's only a four-point lead. I mean, it's not exactly like we collapsed a 24 nothing lead like the Broncos did. So, I mean, it's Tom Brady. So, honestly. So, blowing leads is okay is what you're saying. It's, 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 I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm just saying it's not as dramatic as you're making it out to be. Plenty of teams – Good teams have gone up there and lost. I now just say, just go by the position group's offense. It was pretty good. I mean, we failed in the red zone a couple of times, but Fitz played as, almost as well as you possibly could. Minus that turnover, a couple of missed reads, but he played pretty well. I expect Belichick to expose him. He didn't. Uh, Decker was abusing Butler all day. It was really amazing to watch. Defense played well the first half. Belichick could Wait, 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 wait. Hold on one second here. I know you're trying to get through this quickly, and I understand that. First of all, I will give Ryan Fitzpatrick a lot of credit. He played very well. 
Dude, you're not going to – so we're going to be okay with the Brandon Marshall drop and the Jeff Cumberland drop? Those are going to be okay or no? Oh, oh, those drops are horrible. I mean, Jeff Cumberland sucks. I mean, he sucks. I don't care about him. Brandon Marshall, I mean, that that was just bad. I mean, it it, it, it was, I think it was almost in the same spot as Stephen Hill dropped it. Like, I'm pretty sure it was nearly the exact same spot as Stephen Hill dropped it. So maybe we should throw it to the other side of the field so they can catch it. I don't know. But, yeah, it was no, bad, no, no. too. I mean, both. But no, it's no. I agree with you. Now, my other question for you is this, and then I'll give it to Joe because I know you're going to get yeah, Joe's just dying over there. What is your thoughts on the offensive line? I mean, this offensive line, the Patriots. I mean, they had, you know, Jabal Sherb was out. I mean, were you surprised that we couldn't run the ball at all? They basically, Chris Ivory had no holes, regardless of his, you know, his injury. Not Zach Stacy could. There was no really holes. So, were you surprised by the play of the offensive line? Uh, I was a little bit surprised. I thought we would have ran it a bit more effectively, but it happens. Belichick took away Ivory, and he forced Fitz. He took away Marshall, too. Forced Fitz to go to Deco, Bohannon, of all people, Curly. I mean, it's not surprising. That's what he does. That, that's why he's the best coach in the game right now. Took away a running game. That's what it is. Yeah, well, dude, I, I thought we definitely should have ran the ball better up there. Uh, that defense is not the best in the league. I just, I was very surprised with how our offense moved them. I want to really get your thoughts on how we handled the running back position, the fact that we only had two active running backs in this game. What, what were your thoughts on that? And even though Ridley mm. was ready to go. You know, I mean, at first it's like, oh, my God, what are they thinking? But, I mean, I didn't really mind the decision only because – Look at what the Patriots did with LaFell, for example. They activated him right away as soon as he was ready to go. He dropped, like, what, six, seven, fourteen passes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the guy thinks he's ready, but he's not actually ready. And who knows? I mean, he also had fumbling issues, to be honest, really did. So I was sort of worried about that. So that was another reason I... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wasn't exactly broken up and dying. That really wasn't in the game. Well, I mean, don't you think they really could have possibly given us something, though? I mean, you know, you see the oh, guy sure. in workouts. I mean, clearly they do. He probably could have gave us something as far as foot speed, as far as explosiveness. Giving us a little bit something more than Zach Stacy. I mean, Zach Stacy, as we oh. talked about earlier, is like a plotter. I mean, he's, he's oh, yeah, going he nowhere fast. He probably would have been better than Stacy, but long term, I'm thinking it's the right decision. We will see, though. But I'm not broken up about it. I mean, there were other reasons we lost besides the fact that the running backs were not that great. I'm relaxed. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the Brandon Marshall drop earlier and the fact that. 
not just that, but the fact that he's also get back. He doesn't line up right and gets the false start. We end the game. Are you on top of him because he's a veteran, or is this a game where you're giving him a pass for those mistakes? Uh, those were bad mistakes, but honestly, I mean, the guy catches touchdowns. The guy bails fits out so many times. I mean, I'm willing to cut him a break for drops, whatever he was doing on that false start, yelling at someone in the locker room who was probably Cumberland, who deserves to be yelled at because he sucks. I'm, I mean, I'm willing to. I'm, I'm so willing basically, to cut Jude, him a break for. Jude, basically, <laughs> basically, the, in your world, dude, in your world, everything is okay. Drop passes are fine. Missed blocks are fine. You want to waste the timeout? No big deal. It's the Patriots. We, we can just do these things because it's okay. Is that your way you're handling this? I'm handling this like this. Yes, it's a frustrating close loss. Yes, I was very disappointed. But the thing is, it's it's not as the same as it was, say, last year, year before, year before that, oh. all of that. Difference. Okay. The difference is. Wait, tell me how. Rex tell me those, how the, oh, wait, wait, no, no, wait, no. wait, wait, wait. I can't wait for Rex this Rex got those teams. Very bad teams, all hyped and pumped up for the Patriots. And then what happened when they lose? They get blown out by the Bengals. They get blown out by the Titans. They get blown out by the Bills, Dolphins, whatever it was. This year, it wasn't so much those was getting the team hyped up. The team was ready to play the Patriots. The team was equally massive against the Patriots. You know why the Patriots won? They have Tom Brady. They have Bill Belichick. That's what it is. That, that's really what and we, they were and we, melt, and, we melt, they, and we melted down. <laughs> It, they had a hand of it. It wasn't just us completely collapsing. Prior went out. I it had a bigger impact than many think. I don't. I didn't think it would have a big impact, but apparently it did. Prior did a relatively good job against Gronkowski. As soon as he went out, Gronkowski just it what he always does. And so I mean, the third. I mean, it's not as bad. It's not as big a meltdown as you're portraying it to be. It's just what happens. We'll see what happens week sixteen. That's when. Even if we won this I game, don't care about I week know. 16. I don't care about week 16. I care about this week. This week we're 4 and 2. Dude, this is, this is like, see, like acceptable. Like, I'm, just, I'm not saying the season's over. I'm saying you were in a spot to beat one of the best teams in football, and you choked. You didn't, you didn't get it done like they haven't got it done the last couple of years. It's the same thing. So, I mean, listen, it's, I'm not saying it's the same Rex Ryan team, but, Jude, look at the losses to the Patriots in years past. Did we not do similar things this past Sunday? Oh, I mean, sure, but the difference was those were very bad teams, and we just, I mean, we we just over overplayed ourselves beyond our usual substitute those years. So this if year a bad better. team makes these mistakes, it's bad. But if a good team makes makes the mistakes, it's okay. That's how this works. It's, I mean, we're playing. We're also playing up there too. And I mean, I'm just saying, it's not as bad as you're making it out to be, Tyson. We okay. will see I'll how it all goes. So, Jude, here's my question for you before we let you go. I'm, I'm just hammering you because I, I don't understand fans that are okay with the loss. So that's just my problem, I guess. But are you concerned about this team? I think this is what's going to separate Todd Bowles from Rex Ryan and Herman Edwards and everybody else is after a loss like this, how do you bounce back the following week? And now this week is more challenging because it's on the West Coast. So do you have any concerns about this team going out West to play the Raiders? Oh, I mean, the Raiders are a better team than many expected, so it's always a concern, but we'll see how Bowles can handle it. I mean, he's handled the bye relatively well, so we'll see how he handles a West Coast trip after a difficult, slightly upsetting loss. I hope he so handles your level it of, well. Your level of confidence in this team heading out to Oakland is what? Uh, 
I'm not terribly worried. Let's put it that way. I mean, anything could happen on any Sunday, but I'm not terribly worried about anything. Okay, Jude, I, I give you credit, man. You're hitting some fire tonight. I apologize for going after you, but I had Ben's two nights. So I had I had to go after you. <laughs> Terrible. Have, <sighs> have a good night, man. Thanks for calling in. You too. Bye bye. Now, Joe, was I too hard on him? Yeah, you're always rough on Jude, man. Every single time, <laughs> you're, you're never, you know, you always go hard with this guy. But I, I like talking to Jude. I think he's a great guy. He always bounces back and comes back for more punishment. So we're going to go to our, our – we have a, a bunch of callers on hold. We're going to go to our good friend Steve, and then our good friend Panda will be after him. And I know me and Panda are going to go at it. And we'll be about Fitzpatrick. I'm sure it's going to be about this meltdown at Foxborough. But we'll go to Steve first. So, Steve, it's Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. What's up, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Okay, so I wanted to first talk about the um, well, the game on Sunday. Now, Ty, you're probably going to have to scream at me, too, for this. But listen, I know we lost, and I know it was a tough loss, but I'm going to be honest with you, there were a lot of positives we had in that game. Like, the first thing I wanted to talk about was Fitzpatrick's performance. He did very well. He even mm-hmm. The offensive line even did well in the pass protection, but in the running protection, they didn't do as good. I mean, I know Ivory was hurt, but you know what? They just didn't really perform well. And then the other thing I also wanted to talk about, too, was it was probably the worst game our defense played. I know it was towards the end, but you know what? The, the defense just couldn't capitalize it. And then... And then, you know, Brandon Marshall had that miscue, and then, you know, he blamed himself on the loss like no one, nobody else. I'm thinking to myself, if I was Coach Todd Bowles, I would talk to him at the end of the game, I would tell him, you don't blame yourself for the loss, you have to blame the team for the loss. Because it's not all about you, it's about the team. Well, yeah, thank you for calling in, Steve. I, I don't think he necessarily – blames himself for the total thing, but there were plays that he could have made in this game that definitely contributed to the loss. We talked about the drop. That was huge. Uh, the, the false start penalty, that was that was bigger as, the, you know, as we were trying to drive down. So those were plays where he was literally a part of. It was, it was just him. So uh, I, I think that he does have to take accountability for the things that he's done wrong. Um, but he's mm-hmm. got to pick himself up and bounce back. That's what he has to do. Um, we talked about it. We talked about it earlier on in this in this in this show. Just sometimes Brandon Marshall has these mental drops and mental lapses where it's like, where is he at? Uh, but he's got to pull it together, and we've got to move forward. I, I wanted to know what are your thoughts about as far as us moving forward and going to Oakland? Do you think that this loss will linger into the next game? You know something. When I look at this thing, and before I got on, I was looking up on Oakland stats of their teams, of their offense and their defense and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I mean, this is a different head coach. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If this was Rex Ryan's team right now, I would say we would get killed. Todd Bowles, on the other hand, though, though, um, you know, one thing i got to say is, you know, Bowles even said this, and the team even said this during this week, and they even said on Monday, we're not going to look back to New England. We're moving right forward to Oakland. And honestly, that is a positive. That is something I like. Because here's the thing. When Rex Ryan was the head coach, he would never say anything like that because he was a big drama queen about the fact that every time that we would lose the Patriots, he would be a drama queen, and that's why all the other NFL fans would make fun of us. 
when it came down to those all, all those kinds of situations. But you know something? The one thing I'm going to say, and I think what Bulls is going to do is, Bulls is basically going to say, you know, we got to move on. It's time to move forward. We just have to focus on Oakland. No, I agree. I think that's the approach to take, and this is going to define this team, and it's going to define the leadership on the team where it's like, okay, we've talked about veteran leadership, a resilient team. Show us now. This is a game you should win on the road, a good bounce-back game. Like you mentioned, there's definitely weaknesses in Oakland, and now it's a matter of winning the game. So, Well, I mean, the whole thing, here are some things. Oh, wait, I'm I'm sorry, Ty. You go first. I'm sorry. No, good. No, all you, man. Good. All good. No, no, because here's the thing. I did look up on Oakland's system on Oakland status. Oakland does tend to give up a lot of points. Like they're they're I would say one thing. Their best defensive player this year on their team has been Charles Woodson. Because he, he's been phenomenal. Even though he's old, he's been phenomenal this year for the team. And you know, like you said, Tyson, Amari Cooper or it's gonna be very, very tough. You know, Revis is gonna have a big challenge against Cooper because Cooper is fast. And remember, Cooper was a potential guy we were looking at in the draft too. But, you mean, Oakland got it because Oakland had an earlier draft than we did. No, I agree. I mean, the, well, yeah, and Oakland's pass defense is horrendous. I mean, they're, they're ranked Terrible. statistically the winner worse than football. But I, I guess my question for you is, what is your thoughts on the Jets' defense? I mean, they obviously stopped the run. And I, I mean, one of the, the biggest news was Deion Lewis didn't even play, a guy that we thought was going to be a vital cop to the offense. But what was your thoughts on the Jets' defense, especially in the second half? You know something? Let me tell you something. I thought the Jets' defense throughout the game played really, really well throughout the first half, and especially throughout for the first half of the second half. It was just the last quarter right towards the end. They couldn't put the icing on the cake, which means that they couldn't finish the job. I mean, I have a feeling, you know, that the defense was either kind of tired, you know, I mean, and it was just that, I mean, that third and 17 penalty, that was the one play during the game that got me really, really upset. Because it's third and 17. I mean, I know this is New England, but you can't give up a third and 17 like that. Yeah. No, I agree. It was That was one of the most frustrating plays, that, and then, like, you, know, you added a drop, I mean, Cumberland the, drop. The and defense, yeah, well, when the, when, the, when the defense did that, I got upset. Oh, dude, you're, you and probably about three other million Jet fans, dude. It's it's it was a it was that second half probably. I'm not gonna say it. The second half was tough to watch. Um, Steve, as you as you look forward to Sunday, what do you think the score is gonna be? Well, here is what the Jets need to do in order to win, Bert. And I'm gonna give my prediction. I know we got other holders on the line, but I'm gonna say this: if the Jets need to win this game. You know, they got to be careful with the Oakland crowd because, you know, it's like Halloween in their in their stadium because you got those crazy fans that dress up as gorillas. But, I mean, you got you got you to gotta make sure that that the offense stays more time on the field than the defense does because you can't have your defense on more time. I mean, that's what we actually did throughout the weekend. But I'm thinking a final score would be, if the Jets would win this game, I think the final score would be 27-17. And then I think if we lose this game, I think it would be 2017 Raiders. All right, fair enough. Steve, once again, always good talking to you, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a good night. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, it, just just to clarify, Joe, I, I, I could see where my tweets are heading already. I'm not anti-Jets. <laughs> I'm just pointing out the fact that there's no moral victories 
And some mm-hmm. of the things that happened aren't acceptable. And these are things we've seen in the past. That's what's concerning to me. Like, like you know, listen, I'm like I'm proud of the Jets. I'm, I'm glad that we're four and two. I'm excited about next weekend. I think we're going to win that game. But at the same time, this is the first very good team we played, and we came up short, and we beat ourselves. Like it's like they made like mental mistakes, coaching mistakes. Like we were so like excited about Todd Bowles, and like this was his first big spot, and, and in, in many aspects he came up short. He had, you know, halftime yep. adjustments, adjustments into the third and fourth quarter. Game management, time management, you know, play calling. There, there were some questionable things here, and that's that's what we're kind of trying to say. Like, listen, if you're going to give the guy credit for being four and one, you give the guy some scrutiny for four and two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I, I see what you're saying. I just think that they'll be able to address these things and get better moving forward. Uh, if you look at anything that he's done so far, they've definitely, if they've had an, an issue with any facet of our team, they've been able to address that issue. And, and kind of tweak it and, 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 you know, try to get it better for the future. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle this loss and how they bounce back from it. Except special teams. Oh, yeah. That's, you got to get different personnel in here for that. I mean, yeah, we could go on special teams all night long. <laughs> but they've, they've definitely made some moves there that have been questionable. But, yeah, everything else, though, they've been able to tweak. <laughs> Now, we're going to bring on our next caller. This, this guy, is, we're going to give him an intro music now. I think he's actually earned some intro music. So we're going to give him some new intro music. Here, here. It's our good friend. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Friends, Panda. Panda, it's Joe and Tyson. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? How are you this evening? Well, one of us is fired up and the other one's sitting there shaking his head. <laughs> I, I can definitely tell that from what I've heard so far. I haven't heard the whole, whole show, but I've heard bits and pieces. I can tell you're fired up, man, and, and deservedly so. You know... I'm kind of with you, Tyson, and I'm kind of not at the same time. I'm kind of right in the middle of you two, and I'm not mm-hmm. as not as laissez fair as Jude. I, I, we got to straighten him out to the next tailgate, Tyson. <laughs> but that's that's uh, that's to be said. You know, you can't kill this team after this game. I'm upset. I'm I'm angry. You guys know I'm angry. I, I thought we had that game. We blew it. But at the same time, we lost it. The best quarterback to ever play this game, playing one of the best games he's ever played. We completely shut down the running game. They had no running game. He was their running game. He accounted for every single yard except for one. And he had 11 or 10, whatever it was, 12 drop passes, six by Brandon LaFell alone. So it could have been worse than what it really was in reality on the defensive side of the ball. And while a lot of people want to eat Todd Bowles' lunch for the timeouts that he didn't take at the end, I'm not going to do that. I personally think it's a personal preference of whether you save the timeouts for your offense or not. I understand his logic to a point. I won't kill him for that. What I will kill him for, or what I'll kill this team for, is why at the end of the first half, we'll start with the end of the first half, why with two minutes left, down by three, knowing New England, the best team adjustment-wise coming out of the second half is getting the ball. You know they're getting it to start. Why do you 
sit on the ball. You have yep. timeouts. You have two minutes. Yep. Go down the field and make a play. What did they do? They let the time run out. They took every single second they could and just wiped down the clock, gave the ball to New England to start the second half, and thank God Julian Edelman dropped that easy touchdown. Everyone wants to talk about Brandon Marshall's drop. It was huge, yeah. yes. But Julian Edelman dropped one too. So I canceled Marshall's drop out with that. Because you could say, okay, what if Marshall catches this? Okay, well, what if Edelman catches his? Then it's still a four-point game. It, 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 that, you know, so why they did that, number one, that teased me. Number two, and then we'll open the floor for more comments here, Quentin Copel <laughs> needs to never see the field ever again. I am tired of him. He is horrible. He is terrible. And why Ledger Doosable barely saw the field, I don't know. He is the fourth best lineman on the team, not Quentin Copel. And secondly, yeah. it is time for Todd Bowles and Casey Rogers, because Rogers is the defensive coordinator. He's got to get some blame, too, to start implementing some of this youth. I don't care if they don't have the full playbook down. I don't care. Put them in there for 15 snaps a game. Put them in there on third down only. And I'm talking about Trevor Riley, Lorenzo Mulvin. Get 95-year-old Calvin Pace, who I have a lot of respect for, and, did, and, and still plays well on first and second down. Get him out of there. Get Copels out of there. Put him in the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts so I never have to see him again. And put Malden and Trevor Riley on the field and get some pass rush. Because in the first half, our pass rush was there. And that's why we limited New England to 10 points. I won't even – I know it was 13, but the first three were on my boy Fitz, and after that he played a great game. Just had to throw that in. But in the second half, in the second half, when they were tired, because all you were playing is Moe, Shells, and Leonard, and nobody else, and Pace, that's where it wore down. And that's where Brady sat back there, and you can't let Tom Brady do that. He's the best quarterback in the league, whether he deflates his balls or not. He's the best. You can't give him that time. He will pick you apart every single time. And Muhammad Wilkerson's credit, he said, you know, that's something you've got to overcome. And I get that, but at the same time, the coach has got to put you in a better spot. That's what I'm going to kill this coaching staff for. Not for timeouts late in the game. For not playing this youth on this team that they drafted and said, we like these guys in our future. Okay, well, the future is now. Because Callum Pace is too old and Quentin Copels is horrible. So it's time to get these young guys in the game. What do you guys think? Absolutely, Panda, and I absolutely love when you called in. You know I cannot stand Quentin Copels. I mean, he's trash, pure, unadulterated trash. Uh, he shouldn't be on the field at all, and I totally agree with everything you said. I want I really want to get your take on, do you think that these type of things, these mental lapses as far as coaching with Topo, can you see this lingering into our next game? So do you think that he learns from this and says, okay, I'm going to start implementing more youth into the game. I'm going to find ways to, you know, get other guys in there, get LeJay Doosable, as you said, you know, start getting him in the rotation a little bit more and kind of sit in Quentin Copeland. I hope so, but it's something that we don't know. Uh, you know, we, we don't know how it's going to be with Todd Bowles because he is a rookie. We haven't seen it before. We haven't seen how he's going to react. So we're all kind of learning on the fly with him. We're, we're, we're learning what type of head coach he's going to be. Now, I hope that he gets guys like Doosable and Malden in there. I want to see Malden play. I do. I want to see Riley play. If Malden's not ready, fine. Play Riley. He's been in the league for a year. He's a second-year guy. Play him. Play anybody. I hope Todd Bowles learns from him. I really do. You know, but we'll see what happens. And if this team comes out flat this week against Oakland, then you start to get mad. Then, then you know, right now people are upset. I'm upset that we lost the game. I'm not going to kill them for it because at the end of the day, I didn't think we really were going to win. I thought pretty much what happened was going to happen. We were going to keep it close. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady was just going to make more plays. But I think we are close. We're, we're not there yet, but we're close. 
But if they go out there and lose to Oakland, I don't care that Oakland's the best team that they've been in 10 years. I don't care that Derek Carr is throwing only three interceptions to 11 touchdowns. I don't care. If you go out and lose to Oakland, then there's serious problems. You are, not, you, are the, you are supposed to be one of the top four teams in the AFC. Outside of the three undefeated big dogs, you are the, you are the best team in the AFC. You've beaten the Colts. You'd beat the Steelers if you play them. I sincerely believe that. Do not go out to Oakland and lay down and have a brain fart after a pretty damn good performance in New England. Because if you do, then you rival the Rex Ryan teams of the past. Now, it wouldn't be cemented in stone because it's only seven games into a career. But you don't want to see that because it wouldn't be a good sign. Mm-hmm. No, and Joe, and I agree, and that's the whole thing. It's like this is like people want to compare this this team to last year's team, and that's foolish for a variety of reasons. The first thing is mm-hmm. talent. The talent pool is a lot higher on this team. So then it's like, okay, is it the inexperience of the head coach because he's kind of you know it's his first year and things like that. But some of these things are fundamentals, man. And and you know like like I agree with you to a point with the end of the game with the timeouts. I can give him somewhat of a pass. I still hate the decision, but before halftime. It kind of goes against everything Todd Bowles is about. Previous to this game, he's been aggressive. The play calling's been aggressive. And then against the Patriots, like you said, when you know they're getting the ball to kick off the half, why would you go into the tank there? It, it makes no sense. But my question for you is this. I, I have two problems with the Jets right now in terms of just roster management. And the first was going with just Zach Stacy and Chris Ivory. And that really bothered me. I, I like having three running backs. If one goes down, you only have Zach Stacy left, assuming that Ivory got hurt. Dude, that bothered mm-hmm. me, especially when you have Ridley there. If Ridley's helping out to play, why is he not on the game day roster? Did, did that that bother you? A little bit, it did. I mean, I could see the point of not activating him, seeing that he, he hasn't played in 11 months, and he probably would be rusty. But at the same time, you're right, having only two running backs active, when Chris Ivory, um, you know, obviously is, let's, let's call it as is much as we like him and or love him in this fan base now after this year's fast start, he is an injury-prone player. He is. It mm-hmm. was that way in New Orleans, and it's been that way here, which is why he hasn't carried the ball up uh, 200 times a year with the Jets. He hasn't. If you look back at the last two years, you might think he has, but he hasn't. He hasn't had 200 carries in the season. Now, that's partly because the coaching staff and partly because he is injury-prone. And if you have a guy like that, if he goes down and in the first play, he did, all you have is Zach Stacy, who he's just not a starting running back in the NFL. He's, you know, a nice change of pace back, maybe, at best. But you've got to have a guy like Ridley out there. Not saying that Ridley would have came in there and played 30 snaps, because that's just inconceivable. It's not going to happen with a guy who hasn't played in 11 months. But he could have at least been a third down back. He could have at least taken a couple of touches in that backfield, or at least been on the field. It, he would have been motivated to play. You know, if he was ready to go, he should have been active. We all don't know for sure if he if he was or not. From what he was saying, he was. You got to trust the coaching staff on it, but it is kind of upsetting that you go up there with only two backs when you know to beat New England, you need to run the football to keep Tom Brady off the field. Yeah, and that yeah that bothered me. And now here is here is the million dollar question for you: Which position is a bigger area of concern, the tight end position or the punter? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, personally, uh, Ryan Quigley hasn't uh, – Steve Weatherford, you know, it is what it is. I think the mystery injury was kind of weird. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get more word about Quigley's injury throughout the week and how it really occurred. It's some scratch that got infected. I, I, just, I don't know what he was doing, playing with his cat or something. I don't know. But, you know, whatever he's got to do, he's got to do, do it better because I don't think Weatherford's long for here. He, he punted pretty poorly. 
there's a reason the Giants let him go. There's a reason he was on the free agent market. Uh, don't tell me it's because it was back or his neck or whatever. He was perfectly healthy to punt Sunday. If some team wanted him, they could have had him before. So I, I think Quigley will get his job back when he's healthy. But at the end of the day, he isn't having a great year. And the whole special teams unit as an entirety isn't having a good year. And neither is the tight end position. And, and that, that first drive when they threw that ball to Jeff Cumberland, I wanted to jump to the screen and strangle somebody for that. You know, I don't know if, if that was on Fitz or if that was on Chan Gailey, if it was because he was the only, you know, designed receiver on the play. But when you go up to New England, I'm sorry, you don't want your biggest plays of the game to be designed to throw the ball to Jeff Cumberland. The guy has only played well in two games in his entire career. They're both on Monday Night Football. That's the only time the guy seems to show up. That, and then the country thinks, oh, the Jets are pretty decent at tight end. No, actually, they're piss poor. But, yeah, no, he's terrible. And at this point, if they had somebody else, I guess they would play him. But since they don't, it's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, no team can be perfect at every position, but we are pretty awful at both tight end and punter. But I, I would say tight end is more alarming because, as you saw with New England, um, more so with Marshall than Decker. Decker kind of owned Malcolm Butler. But as you play better teams along the line, you're going to find teams that are going to double-team Brandon Marshall and take him out of the game and say, okay, now you have Eric Decker and a bunch of inexperienced players and Jeremy Curley, mm-hmm. who finally got on the field, but you aren't willing to play more than 10 snaps a game. So go ahead and beat us now with Chris Owusu, Devin Smith, and Jeff Cumberland. Good luck. Good luck. Oh, oh man. And let me tell you something. When Jeff dropped that, I, I threw my shoe across the room. I wanted to, like you said, I wanted to jump right through the screen. I swear, if I could have got on the field, I would have tackled Jeff Cumberland and woke him up. Like, this, that was just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And the whole time I was thinking was, oh, my God, if we had Jace playing healthy, how much better we would have looked offensively. But uh, it, it just is what it is. It's just our tight end position is in such shambles. I really wanted to touch on – you started to talk about Brandon Marshall. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts on his mental lapses during these games, his drop this game, and then the false start penalty. What, what, what do you think is going on with him sometimes? Uh, it's just uh, that's kind of been Brandon Marshall's MO throughout his entire career, hasn't it? I mean, that's that's part of the reason why he's on his fourth NFL team. You know, he, he just sometimes, for whatever reason, he just checks out. You know, I'm not going to kill him for the drop players, drop balls, great wide receivers drop balls, and – you know, it wasn't the most beautiful throw in the world by Fitzpatrick, but as a guy that Brandon Marshall is, he should, for the money that he makes, for the position that he's in, for what he's thought of, he should make the catch. But at the end of the day, people drop balls. Edelman dropped the ball that was perfectly in his chest. You know, if New England had lost, he'd be the GOAT instead of Marshall. You know, so, you know, it is what it is with the drop. As far as the false start penalty or illegal procedure or legal motion, whatever they called it, whatever the uh, terminology is, you know, it, it's unfortunate. You would think a player of his caliber would know what to do in that situation. Apparently, there was some miscommunication on the sideline. You know, again, we don't know for sure what it really was. But, you know, you would hope that a guy of his caliber would know what's going on and know what to do in that situation, and he clearly didn't. And that is discouraging to see. And it's part of the reason why Brandon Marshall has moved around in the league. That's not to say he's not a great wide receiver. That's not to say he's done a ton for this offense. And it's not to say that he won't continue do a ton for this offense. You just hope that the next time around, the next time we play New England in December, or if the next time we play in a big game period, he's ready to go and he doesn't make these type of mistakes. And you got to kind of hold your breath on that. 
Yeah, I, I, we're all holding our breath because, like, like you know, we spoke about earlier. This is something that we've seen more and more and more. You know, with his, his game-defining plays or game de, uh, game-defining moments where he sometimes just, like you said, has these mental lapses, and you don't know where he is mentally. Uh, to kind of move on, I wanted to talk to you about Nick Mangold as well. We know he's got an injury. If he's cleared to play against Oakland, would you sit him anyway just to clear him for the week and make sure he's all right, or would you start him? Don't do drugs. Don't don't do drugs. If he's clear, he's playing. He is the heart and soul of this offense and arguably of the team. Without him, we won't score 10 points against Oakland. I love Fitzpatrick. You love Fitzpatrick. Tyson's finally starting to love him. Our wide receivers are good. But if you don't have the offensive line set in the right protection, if you don't have the wide receivers knowing or the quarterback knowing who's coming on the blitzes, Nick Mangle is so much more than a good player. He recognizes so many things. Fitzpatrick alluded, it, alluded to it yesterday, that he saves his butt time after time, just like he did with Sanchez and just like he did with Geno Smith and just like he did with Chad Pennington. Nick Mangold makes the protections on the line. He points out what he sees on the defense. He points out the Mike linebacker. He points out if there's a safety blitz, if there's a corner blitz. He does so much for this team. And now that he's just a quiet leader, a quiet confidence about him. Willie Colon alluded to it. Everybody alluded to it. All the Jets nation and the entire sideline was holding their collective breath when he went down. If he was lost for the season or seriously hurt and lost for his career, I might have hung myself over George Washington Bridge after the game because he is that important to this team. This offense cannot function without Nick Mangle. Don't tell me that Dakota Dozier has played four snaps in his entire career and they were all on Sunday. He's going to step in there and play and do a decent job because likelihood he's probably not. We all saw what happened with three games in Nick Mangle's career. He's now. What happened? Well, I know the Ravens disaster, the Raiders disaster, and the other game I probably just was so drunk, blacked out that I don't remember. But it was horrible, I'm sure, because Nick Mangold is that important to this team. No, if he's cleared to play, he needs to go. And if he goes into Saturday night questionable, I say all Jets fans go to their local churches or synagogues or whatever you pass it and say a few prayers because we need that boy in the lineup because if he's not, we will lose this game. Yeah, the, the reason why I'm asking this, that question is because with that neck injury, I'm wondering, even if, say, he is questionable or he's a game-time decision, they make the decision to start him, just kind of the long-haul effect of that. And if we can sit him for a week and just make sure that everything's okay and good and then start him next week, like how much – I know he'll have an effect, clearly. It's Nick Mangold. He's one of the better sitters in the league. He's the best offensive lineman we have. But just thinking about the long haul of it, you know? I, I, if he's ready to go, he should play. He, he's that important to the team. If he's ready to go, he should play. The medical doctors, these guys, you know, this is a billion-dollar industry. They have the best of the best. If they say he's ready to go, then he should go. He's that important. Yeah, no, I, I, Joe, I couldn't. He threw you a softball there because I'm like, if Mangold is breathing, I want him playing on Sunday. I don't get I mean, right. seriously. He is, he is a vital cog to this offense. If he's not there, I don't want to watch, to be honest with you. If it's I have to go to Oakland and sit on the sideline and massage his neck during every TV timeout, I will gratefully do it. Yeah, no doubt. Now, Joe, looking looking forward to this week, I think, like you mentioned earlier, this is going to be a defining moment early on in the season where it's a disappointing loss, a frustrating loss. Emotionally, you put a lot into it. But now you're going to the West Coast. You're playing a, a young team with Derek Carr playing very well, Amari Cooper just lighting things up early on. You know, they're deep. Their pass defense is terrible. You know, they're, they're, they're a decent team, but on paper we should beat them. What, do you have any concerns going into this game? Like, what, is, what are your thoughts on the Oakland Raiders? Well, with every team I'm concerned. Every team that has a speed back, a shifty back, like the Raiders do with Latavius Murray, 
you know, that is concerning. He would be what New England would have had with Deion Lewis if Deion Lewis would have played. He is what the Eagles do have with Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews that killed us and what the Browns would have had if Duke Johnson wasn't hurt week one. Thank God for that. But, you know, he is all, he's very, he's a very good back. I'm not concerned as much as him in the running game, but if they get him out in space, I think he could definitely make some plays against our linebackers and our safeties. And as well as Michael Rivera, their young tight end, I think he can make some plays. He's had a quiet year so far. I think he's only had about 15 receptions in the first six games, but He's still a weapon. He's their number three weapon. I'm not concerned about Amari Cooper. He'll be on Revis Island. You know, if the Jets have to go into zone for a few plays, he might make a few catches. But if they stay on man and Revis stays on him, he'll be fine. If he switches over to Cromartie for whatever reason, then, you know, maybe he'll make some plays there. But, you know, I'm not concerned about him. Michael Crabtree is the number two wide receiver. I can see him making some few plays on the secondary, but he's not a speedy, elusive guy that really uh, normally – confuses our defense and puts us in bad situations. So if we stick in a man coverage, I like our chances. If we start playing these weird zone concepts that we were playing late in the New England game, then maybe Derek Carr could pick us apart at that point. But uh, personally, if Nick Mangle plays on offense, I think we win the game. And if Nick Mangle doesn't play, then I think we lose. As much as I like our matchup defensively against their offense, I just don't think we'll put up any anything on offense without Nick Mangle. He is that important. I, I really believe it. If Nick Mangle plays... I think we should win this game by anywhere from 7 to 17 points, depending on turnovers. 7 to 17 points if Nick Mangle plays, we'll win by. If he doesn't play, I could see us losing by 3 to 7 points. I really could, and maybe people will think that's crazy, and maybe they won't, but I think he's that important to this offense. I really do. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I, no arguments here whatsoever. The, the other question I have for you is, I was really impressed by Calvin Pryor on Sunday. I, I thought he played phenomenal. He played physical. He played aggressive. He did, he did fairly well in coverage. Do you have any concerns with his safety position? I mean, Jaquan Garrett's gone for the year. If Calvin Pryor's banged up, now you're like looking at Deion Bailey, who, who's doing the best he can for what he's working with. But now the safety position becomes kind of like a – it's almost like a weak spot, don't you think? Uh, I, in terms – maybe in like the second tier of weak spots. I mean, we already addressed our biggest weak spots are more tight end, the speed of the linebackers, special teams, et cetera. And that, Safety, maybe. If Pryor's ready to play, I'm not concerned about it. I think all of Jets Nation, including myself, we can all, you know, say a collective apology to Calvin Pryor with the way that he's played this year. He's, you know, a lot of fans jumped on him too soon. And we're seeing that, you know, he might not be a great player, but he's going to be a good player for this defense. I was impressed with him Sunday. I think he did a, a fairly well job with Gronkowski early on when he was healthy. And as long as he's healthy and ready to go, I have no problems with him and Gilchrist. But if one of them does go down, if one of them does get hurt, you know, we are pretty thin back there. I was never a big Jake Pongera fan. I was more of a huge Antonio Allen fan, as you guys both know, which, you know, he's out for the year too. So, you know, it is what it is. And Deion Bailey's really the only guy back there. So you better hope he's ready to step up. But, you know, he'll do the best job he can. But hopefully the hopefully Pryor's ready to go because if not, it could be, you know, it's something that Derek Carr – and other quarterbacks down the line could exploit. You know, the next three games are sneaky three games. Jets fans are already saying, oh, don't worry, we'll be 8-2 going into the Dolphin game, or we'll, we'll be 7-3 at worst. All right, let's, let's calm down on that. Let's, let's calm down a little bit. you got one of the best young quarterbacks in the game two straight weeks, and then you're going to have a motivated, pissed-off Buffalo team. So, you know, you could go 3-0 in these next two games. I could also see them going 1-2 if they're not careful. So, 
hopefully this team stays healthy because the injuries are starting to become a concern. And that's something we've kind of been talking about since the end of July. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, maybe Rontez Miles gets a shot or something like that. I don't know. But it's injuries are piling up. And it, now it's like, you know, Buster Screen, who a guy that we've all, you know, complimented for his you know, physical play, being aggressive. He's been banged up repeatedly. Now if you have him, you have Pryor. There's, you know, slowly but surely, you know, injuries are starting to pile up, which is a concern. And like Ben mentioned earlier, it's like having that early bye was good, but it's also bad because now you've got to play the season out. And there's no there's no more breaks. There's no more, you know, it's, it's full speed ahead, which could be a challenge. So, Joe, before we let you go, first of all, you brought some serious fire tonight. Thank you for calling in. But what is your what is your game prediction? What is in your heart? What do you think happens on Sunday? Oh, um, no problem, by the way. Uh, great job, guys. And uh, a prediction, I'm going to stick with what I just said a few moments ago. If Nick Mangold plays and he's healthy and he's ready to go, if Nick Mangold plays, I'll say the Jets win this game 24-17. to If Nick Mangold doesn't play, um, I'll say the Raiders win the game 20 to six, 20 to 10. I'll say Raiders 20 to 10 if Nick Mangold doesn't play. Jets, if Mangold plays, I'll take the Jets 24-10. 24-10 if Mangold plays for the Jets, 20 to 10 for the Raiders if he doesn't. He's that important, guys. He is. No, I, dude, no, no arguments here, man. I, I 1,000% yeah. agree with you. Panda, always good talking to you, man. We appreciate it. No problem, man. Go Temple. <laughs> I knew, I knew somebody was gonna have to have to go there. I knew it. I, I just knew it, Joe. I knew it. Somebody had to try to just try. To, it, it's amazing. The hatred amongst our callers is amazing. I do nothing to try to be nice to everybody. All I do, you know, try oh to my surprising. Oh my goodness, man! I, that, that that was a great guy. I love talking to Panda. Like you said, you know, go Temple. <laughs> We're gonna go. We're going to stay on the phone lines. And, and just to just to clarify, I could not agree more the importance of Nick Mangold. And Joe nailed it. If he yeah. doesn't play, Dakota Dakota Dozier could be a great lineman down the line. You cannot mm-hmm. replace Nick Mangold, A, with him, or B, at all. I mean, he's just that important to this team. So I completely agree. And our next caller is Swift, who I think has called in before. Swift, it's Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? I'm doing well. That's great. I want to say what's up to Tyson and Joe, and I wanted to give you um, some props for trying to go on to uh, Patriots Radio, Tyson. I know what happened wasn't what we expected, but I just wanted to give you props for that. You know, um, it's funny though. They, 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 they brought me on, and I kind of knew that was coming. Like they, they kind of like had that ambush approach, which is cool, and. They, you know, if the Jets did win, I think I was going to get time to go back on, which would have been really fun. But they got the last <laughs> laugh this time, which which sucks. <laughs> so, anyway, what, what's on your mind, man? All right. And, honestly, um, after Sunday's game, I feel more optimistic about the Jets in this season. Um, as long as we don't have any major injuries, which you can't account for. But um, I like the direction they're heading in. I think if we win, if we were to beat the Pets, it's like the peak of our season. It's almost like there's no higher we can go. And real Jets fans will admit that we don't we don't believe our team is ready to take the division and run with it for the following years. So I like how we played. I think we played a good, hard-fought game. You know, I'm happy that we didn't 
win. Well, I don't want to say happy I'm not we didn't win, but I kind of expected not to win because it would be like, how do you peak in week seven? I'd rather get really hot towards the end of the year. Wait, 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 wait. All right. Wait a second. Wait a second. (laughs) When you say talking about, hold on. Wait a minute. All right. I want to thank you for calling in, um, first off. But when you say peak, first off, I I don't see how you're happy about, oh, yes. (laughs) There we go. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much for my music, all right? You know I love that. Listen, when you say peak, I I don't understand. I I just don't see how you could think that that would be the peak of our season because you do know we play them again. This is not the last time that we would play them. So I don't don't necessarily think that it would be the peak of our season, but what I don't understand is how, how exactly are you happy with the, the mental mistakes that we made during this game, the the bad timeouts, the the bad clock management, the drop, um, the other things that we had going on, the la- the mental lapses uh, with our veteran wide receivers, the uh, you know just our defense not playing so well, not getting the Brady in the second half. I, I just don't understand how you're happy about that. Can you kind of break that down and explain that to me? All right, I probably should take back what I said. I'm not happy about it, um, but. I understand that we're going to go through growing pains and we're going to grow and get better over time. My worst fear and, and about peaking, beating the Patriots is like reaching a plateau because they're the number one team in the NFL. So that's why I say peaking. Uh, I would rather beat them with two weeks to go in the season and run into the playoffs on a hot streak rather than getting high now and falling back to earth. Let's be for real. There's not one game that we can look at as Jets fans and say, oh, we can look past that game. The Jets are going to win that game. Every game is going to be a tough, hard-fought game. Okay? I'm not happy about the fact that Brandon Marshall dropped a touchdown pass. I'm not happy about the fact that we couldn't cover Gronk as well as I thought we could. I'm not happy about the timeouts before halftime. I'm not happy about the timeouts prior to the end of the game. But I do understand that, as Todd Bowles will say, we're stacking chips. We're stacking chips. We're getting better and better and better, except for our special teams. And that's, <laughs> I, I like the direction that we're headed in. I really do. Um, if you look at all the games that we've beaten the Patriots with um, Rex Ryan as coach, we lost the next game after that. So you can't tell me that that wasn't considered like a peak. See, and, and that's the thing. That's why we got – that was part of the reason why we got rid of him is because those peaks, look how much it would cost us. Um, I don't think that – first off, I don't think that the Patriots are a peak. And if you listen to anything that Todd Bowles has said, this was another game. This was just another game that we need – another opponent that we needed to be prepared for uh, to beat, just like any other team going down. They're going game by game. Um, that was the problem with Rex. Like we just talked about, Rex, it was the, the Patriots were basically our Super Bowl. He would amp guys up and he would rile them up, and if there was a letdown, it would linger on in the other games. And, and that's why I think that I, I don't I don't agree with your stance on the fact that it was our peak, and if, I'm glad we lost it because then we come back down to earth. No, this is another team that we have to beat because you never know how how the, the schedule can play out. We could have needed this game, you know, to kind of keep us in the playoff hunt or you know, help us get away from, you know, people within our division as well. I just – I don't understand that, that that kind of logic there, but 
if, if that's what you believe, then that's what you believe. I wanted to get your take on the fact of how we ran our running back situation. How do you feel about the fact that we only started, you know, two running backs here with Ivory and Stacey? Uh, I wasn't happy about that. Um, I expected as soon as I realized, well, as soon as they announced Bilal Powell was out, that Stacy would be active. I was, and I think he probably wouldn't have been, he would have been if it didn't happen with this punter situation. My kid's playing basketball, got a nice jump shot. But um, I think he would have been active. I, I didn't like the fact we only went in with two running backs, and Chris Ivory wasn't 100%. Things like that happen. Um, so I'm, I'm more of a realist. I understand that things are going to happen throughout the year, throughout the season, you know. But come on, guys, we're four and two. I plan up for that any day. I sign up for four and two any day. I mean, it's not like the sky is falling. We've. We, we've been playing. We've been in every game. We've lost over our games by a total of 14 points. I'm really optimistic. I love what the players are saying. Like, hey, we lost. We're moving on. Another game to play. And hey, if we if we just do what we're supposed to do, we can win every game. I love the temperament of the players. Well, I, I mean, think that's... I think we're gonna learn. I think we'll learn a lot about them this week. I think they've settled the right things. For the most part, they've done the right things, but now they're now's their first true test. When you lost a frustrating game against a good team, you're traveling out west, long road trip, young, hungry team that's playing pretty well. I think we'll learn a lot about them this weekend. Um, what's your prediction for the game? Well, the Jets are going to win. I'm looking at the Raiders stats here. Um, their car, 1,400 yards. That's that's decent. Uh, Latavius Murray, you take him out of the game, they can't do anything. The only thing that I'm worried about is uh, Reese out of the backfield and the tight end. The tight end seems to be playing a lot better. Um, And also um, the first-round pick coming off the edge. If we can protect our quarterback like we've been doing and we can stop the run, we win this game easily. We win this game easily, and I know we usually have a hard time playing on their crappy field because their field has half baseball dirt, half uh, grass. We always have problems on that, but I think we play well. I think Derek Carr is going to test Darrell Revis. I can almost guarantee he threw towards Revis a few times, and Revis will probably get an interception. I'm not overlooking this team, but I just don't feel that confident about Oakland. Yeah. So what's your final score? What do you think the final score is going to be? Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe let's say twenty-seven. I'll give them some kind of respect. Twenty-seven to seventeen. Nice. Swift. Always yeah. good hearing from that. We appreciate it. All right. You guys have a great day. You too, man. Bye. Thank you. Joe, I, I give you a lot of credit, man. I have to give you credit because I, I was sitting here chopping at the bit. I was ready to take a baseball bat and start beating pillows listening to that conversation because it, I, I don't – I just don't understand. I do not understand the acceptance of a loss and trying to justify a loss and reason it. You know what I mean? That drives me insane. It yeah. really does. I, I hate it. And you know what? It, it's 
for the sake of this team and for the sake of the season and everything else, I really hope we win this weekend because, you know, we're, we're, we're excusing a lot of things and allowing a lot of things and Jude's happy about losing and now we're happy because we're going to lose now, but we can win in December and all these different things. And I guess it's the cynic in me that's seen this team for so long that I want to see them play better every week. To be a, you know, a quality contender, you play consistent football every week. You don't have to, you know what exactly. I mean? Like it's, and it's got to be sound, fundamental football. It's not like we, you know, we were at 31 30, with shootout, we're playing great. We made legitimate mistakes, boneheaded mistakes, mm-hmm. dumb mistakes. And that's my concern. But, man, I just, this, it's amazing how much goodwill well, it is. It's amazing how much goodwill this team has bought with a, with a 4 and 2 record where we're, we're okay with certain things. And yeah, well, there's a favorable schedule. Go ahead, no, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, it's we have a favorable schedule, but just like Panda said, there are no guarantees in the NFL. There are none. Exactly. There's no saying, you know, it's, oh, we're a 10 or 11 win team. Based on what? A 4-2 and two record? The only thing 4-2 and two record guarantees you is four wins. That's the only thing you're guaranteed right now. You're not guaranteed anything else. So just like injuries happen, if Mangold misses time, I'm not going to guarantee victory against any team without Mangold. What if somebody else goes down, God forbid, the Brickshaw, yeah, anybody? You can the NFL is a week by week league. Right now we're four and two. We'll see where we are next week. But I'm not looking to week ten, week twelve, hoping we beat the Patriots in December. I don't care about December. You know what I mean? So go ahead, Joe. We got we got somebody else. Yeah. We'll bring him on next. But go ahead, Joe. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just patient with everyone. Um, I understand the logic and the psyche of some fans and the team because we haven't seen like success, like real success or stable success on this team for quite some time. We had two years of Rex, and then after that, we fell off of the map. Um, so I, under, I can somewhat understand. That's why I say, you know, I don't agree with the logic, but I can somewhat understand that, okay, well, let's, let's you know, we'll probably fall off of a cliff or that, that's our peak, so we just got to kind of roll with it, and then we'll see what happens in December because we'll be fired up again. It's like, no, like you said, to be a, a good team in this league, you have to play sound, solid, stable football every week because there's no given. Um, people think that, you know, we're going to – we got the Raiders, we got the Jags coming up. Those aren't two teams where you can just go to sleep and wake up with a victory. It's not. You know, you're going, to, you're going out west, you're going to Oakland, you know, you're playing Jacksonville, who's a solid team. They can put together some things on you. It's not like Robinson Hearns and, and, uh, and Thomas out there. Julius Thomas is a great tight end. Like, they can't put together points. You know, these are teams where you're going to have to play them. So I, I just think that a lot of fans, you know, that, that's the psyche and the mindset, and I'm patient with it, but I don't agree with it. Um, and, and, you know, we've just got to start getting the mindset of being consistent every single week to be a good football team in this league is what we have to do. We can't, you know, you can't say, oh, well, we can take this week off. That, that's just not how it works. No, and I think, I think we need to raise expectations. We need to raise expectations for the team. Let's not say, exactly. well, you know, that's good enough for this, that, that's good enough for this week. No, it's not. To be the yeah. best, you got to play like the best. Every week, four quarters of the game, you don't take plays off, you don't make mental mistakes, you want to be the best. So, you know, that's what we're striving for. Not, oh, we're better than next year, that's good enough. Why? Yeah. Last year sucked. Why? Why? why <laughs> okay, great. We have, four, we have four wins last year. We're doing better than, you know, it's who cares about last year? I'm worried about right now, four and two. So, with that being said, we'll go to our next caller, and it's Robbie, so... <laughs> I'm all fired up, man. I can't calm down. Robbie, it's Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. What's up, man? 
What's up, Tyson? What's up, Joe? What's going on? What's up, man? Hey, no, I just want to, I just want to be clear of something. I was not happy Sunday, Joe. So, so we could get that out of the way. <laughs> That's a good thing, man. What's what's on your mind, man? You you know you know one thing one thing. I mean, you you met me a few times, Tyson. We talked, and I met you, Joe. I'm more of a I I really love Foles, man. I I really love him as a coach. I love his approach, and it's kind of like I've been like this my whole life. As far as a Jets fan, I go week to week. I, I don't I'm not I don't look in the head no schedule. I want every week. I'm I'm more laid back. I don't overreact to nothing. And that's where I stand with it. I mean, when we we played the past this past week, I, I'm I'm looking at the game. There's two things that I was thinking about that I have to see to see where the Jets are really at. And I was the offensive line. I want I thought they were going to be challenged this week. I wanted to see how they did. And then therefore, if that gave in, what would Fitz do? And I I'm, I'm gonna say I'm not I'm gonna say this. I was. I, I'm not was wasn't 100 percent on board with Fitz. But I support anyone that puts a Jet uniform on. Boy, I love what I saw Sunday from him. Mm-hmm. He played with some freaking heart. He reminded me of number ten. Headbutting people. I like what I saw out of him. Hey, we didn't win. We we didn't we didn't totally fall apart in the line. I thought the line wasn't great, but it was okay. And mm-hmm. and just like Bowl said. We gotta improve week to week, and that that that's 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 what I'm looking at. So, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I want to thank you for calling in. This is this is uh, Jersey Rob, right? Because yeah. I think I met you at L. Okay, yeah, yeah, we me and you were talking about, about the Hall of Fame curly, your Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, we went back and forth about that. I, 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 I definitely think that. Um, you know, there were some mental lapses in this game. And, uh, you know, we, I, I love Fitz. We talked about that at L7. Um, I think he performed solidly. Uh, but there was a lot of mental lapses, a lot of a lot of issues with timeouts, a lot of issues with clock management, a lot of issues. Uh-huh. Uh, as we spoke about before the half, um, you know, you don't sit on the ball. You got to go. You got to attack. Uh, you got to punch it in. And I, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that as well as far as, you know, do you think that those things that, that, that's happened in this, in this New England game with, like I said, the, the timeout management, the, the bad clock management, you know, some of the play calling, do you think that lingers on into the next game, or do you think that's something that bowls And this coaching staff learns from and says, okay, w- this is what we did. We were wrong here. We're going to take this into this next game, and we're going we're gonna to improve on that instead of falling I, back upon it. I think uh, bowls is, is semi-new, obviously, to the coaching. I think his preference was this is what I think he was thinking. Um, hold the timeouts. We stop we stop New England through a field goal. Now you have your timeouts and then you can move the ball down the field. It backfired. That that I don't know, now we could we could we could and say that he should have used them. But I think that's what he was used. That's what I think he, I think it's almost like the confidence in the offense, he, he didn't have a hundred percent confidence. He didn't think they could go down. I don't. And do you, he didn't think that offense would go down the field with no timeout. I, that's what I'm thinking in the back of my head. Now I could be wrong, but that I just looked at it more of as a preference thing. A, a preference as far as him just sitting on the ball how, and how to use the like timeout. Box. How to use the timeouts. Okay. Um, and, I, you and, know. and here, here's one thing too. I would like to point out. I'm sorry for interrupting, bro. But no, go ahead. What, the week before, in the in the win, with it was at MetLife. It was the the Redskin game. I I said this on Twitter. I got killed in my little Facebook group 
Everyone got mad, so mad at me about, about Fitz. Uh, and, and, look, it was a win, and Fitz had a great game. But the one thing that I saw, and I'm not be hating on the dude, I do not – I didn't like in the Redskins game his ball location. I wanted him mm-hmm. to lead the receivers more. He was always behind. You know, Marshall, Marshall caught something by his ankles, had made a great play. And one thing I got to say, I'm, like I said, I'm no hater. Coming to this coming week against Cation was 100% better. It was a great mm-hmm. improvement. And if he could do that every week, he, he'll be fine. I just did not like you. Sometimes you win a game, it covers up what you did wrong. I, absolutely. And, I, I, you know, like, like we talked about before, everybody on this team is held to be accountable. And that was, that was top goals, his whole thing. Every single week, you need to get better. And I totally agree with you. There was some ball placement there in that Redskins game that was a questionable by Fitz. Even though he's my guy, I'm hard on you regardless. Whether we win or whether we lose, you need to get better. And like you said, this game against New England, he comes out, he plays solidly, uh, plays pretty well. It's one of the first games where he doesn't throw an interception. And he was crisp with the ball placement. Um, I was mm-hmm. on the fact that the ball placement with Brandon Marshall with the drop, <laughs> when he dropped it, that ball was hit him right on the hand. And then he comes yeah. back and he got the false start penalty as well. What are your thoughts about Brandon Marshall as far as his lapses during the game, you know, mentally? Are you fed up with that? And do you think that he should get kind of, you know, more of a of a load for being a veteran and, and he's making these type of mistakes? I mean, I mean, there was something just right before your show came out. I saw some people put it out that Brandon Marshall said somewhere of something that he uh, well, um, that, that he was criticizing a player or something or him and a player got into an argument. Cool. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure that someone took him to task on some of the things he did. I mean, he was accountable for his stuff. Honestly, what are we gonna? What can you do with Brandon Marshall? You haven't seen a wide receiver at this talent level on a, with a Jet uniform. I don't know. I, I think he's better than Keyshawn. I'm gonna go back to Altoon. So, what can you do? You know what I'm saying? You you you're gonna hold him accountable at the meetings. You you got you got a lot of leadership. Everyone's saying it's a good locker room. You got a lot of leadership. I'm sure that's being held. Um, you know, he's being held accountable behind closed doors, and, and there's nothing else you could do but hey, brush it off. Let get this right. Don't 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 do that dumb shit again. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, now, Rodney, looking forward to to the Raiders. I mean, this is a young team. You know, they have some explosive playmakers. I, I'm concerned about Murray out of the backfield as a receiver. I mean, Amari Cooper. You know, as long as Rebus is covering him, I, I have a level of confidence. If, if Cromarty covers him, I will get a little nervous, but. I think it's it's a it's a game that I think that we should win. But do you have concerns? You know, coming off a tough loss, going out on the West Coast, teams banged up with Mangold and Pryor both hurt. Yeah, are you have any concerns? Well, just like Panda said, that Mangold thing, forget it. Remember, remember a couple of years back when we went to Baltimore, Mangold got taken out of a game, and we looked like a high school team. I mean. Mango's not on that front line. I mean, front he's he's calling he's calling a lot of the blocks on the shots. Uh, we need Mango mm-hmm. healthy. You know, no, there's there's not even a question about it. But uh, you know, but uh, as far as uh, one thing, I, I, I kind of referring to the Page game, Patrick game, but bringing the Raiders game into it, I think like a lot of people were saying, like we we weren't blitzing the last two drives. The Brady got good field position and he was able to move the ball. And it didn't look like like um, Bowles was blitzing too much. I think it was more of respect to Brady. I think it was more like he didn't want to blitz and do like Rex used to do, get us burnt by a play by having someone wide open. So 
So I kind of think that's the approach he took. I don't think he's going to take the same approach take from with Carr. I think he's going to put some heat on Carr. So I don't, I don't, and I don't, and I don't think necessarily Carr Carr has hit the same level as Brady, obviously. So I think the scheme's going to be different, and I think I think Bowles is going to handle it okay. I, I really have a lot of faith in Bowles. But the one concern, if I was to talk about we talk about the Raiders game, the one concern I have, and it's, and, it's gonna ha- and I have from going forward this from today to the end of the season, is Ivory, man. I, I, you can't you can't run Ivory like you're running him. We need it. We need number two. I, I always was a Powell guy, but Powell Powell gets banged up quick. Powell ain't, ain't really doing nothing right now. You got you got. I think Stacy's okay. He's not. He's we need another second punch. And we really put all our eggs into Ridley. We need him. We need him to get healthy, get to get get into football shape, and and give Powell some. I mean, give Ivory some blows. No, I agree, man. I, I'm I'm hoping Ridley gets spark to this offense because I don't like what I see out of Stacy. And then if Ivory's banged up and he's a shell himself, this running game will go right into the tank. So hopefully Ridley, yeah. Ridley does have a spark and Powell comes back healthy and we'll be fine. Robbie, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for calling in tonight. Oh, hey, hey, you want to go? You go take my um, my prediction? Um, Fire out, what is it? What, hey, man, hey, Joe, Joe, what? You don't like it because I I, I don't think um Turley's a Hall of Famer. Come on, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give us give us like your a... prediction, Rob. Give us your prediction. You do not have to talk about Curly being a Hall of Famer. No one thinks that. Go ahead and give us oh, your prediction. No, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, Curly, I know. Hey, hey, Joe. When he scored last week, I said. Somewhere on the West Coast, Joe is doing flips right now. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> he, probably put, he probably did a Gatorade bath for someone right now. No. Uh, but, but my but my prediction is Jets 31, 31 to 24, Jets. Awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you for calling, Robin. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Jets, 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 Jets. We got a, fi- a fired up Robbie there, man. He's he's a, he's a yeah. good dude. We'll definitely make sure we we tweet out his information. He's a good fan. He know he knows this stuff inside and out. And man, it, it's interesting to hear um, some of the predictions and things like that. And Joe, we'll go into the open game. And you know, I looked up a bunch of stats and things like that. But if you watch the way they played against the Chargers last week, it's hard to not be impressed. I mean, they have speed on offense. You know, Mari Cooper is a guy we both liked in the draft playing very, very well. And then they have some running backs that can do some damage as pass catchers, and that's been our nemesis for God knows how long, along with tight ends, which they actually have a young guy that's playing pretty well as well. So, you know, you added Michael Crabtree. The offense is what it is, but they, the one thing they are doing is, Joe, they're scoring points. So if yep. this defense comes out and sleepwalks like they've done in the past, you know, if they come out flat and sleepwalk, this team could jump out to a quick lead, and I think that's a concern if we're being fair, I mean, you know, West Coast, jet lag, all this stuff, you know, kind of, you know, you know, it could be a concern, especially if Pryor's out or, or Buster Screen's limited. I mean, there there could be some holes in the secondary. I, absolutely. Um, something that you mentioned earlier was the running backs. We, we talked about this time and time again, running backs that can get out and catch passes. Our linebackers, you know, are kind of suspect in coverage. And Roy Hulu, a guy that I've talked about I don't know how many off-seasons ago, a guy that can catch the ball out there. Latavius Murray, we talked about him earlier on, but a lot of people sleep on Marcel Reese. Marcel yep. Reese is like the Swiss Army knife of running backs. He's a fullback, but he's not really a fullback. He can he can do all types of different things. He's sneaky fast. He can catch the ball out the backfield. 
And he honestly is a matchup nightmare for a lot of backers because he is, you know, like I said, he's a big guy, but he's big enough to run away or fast enough to run away from you. And when he does get away from you and gets to that second, he can absolutely destroy corners and safety because he can run right through a tackle. So that is something to be scared about. Um, like you said, their offense, you know, if we come out sleepwalking, can put up points. Amari Cooper, like you talked about, Michael Tabtree. A lot of people sleep on Andre Holmes as well. He's their big, uh, you know, receiver that's a deep threat, 6'4", 210, a guy that can fly down the field. Um, pretty much can only run one route, and that's a go route, but he runs that route extremely well. Uh, you know, and like you said, they're tight in as well with Vera, a guy that's playing a little bit better, you know, time and time again. So I, I think we, you know, we can't come out sleeping. We have to get to Derek Carr. He's a, a up-and-coming young uh, quarterback that played pretty solidly as well. We have to be in his face. We have to harass him uh, with, the, with, the, with the stuff we have in our defensive line. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get to him early and often. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's, I mean, I, I have a level of confidence. You know, it's just, it is what it is. And if you look at their defense, they are the worst team against the pass. They're ranked 32nd. Yep. They're, they're, they're good against the run, which could be because yeah. teams are passing all over them. But, they're, I mean, <laughs> this game – and, and, just, and just to clarify, last week you were all over Eric Decker, and that oh, was on a show on Sunday. He, he played oh, well, oh, man. He, he played very yeah, well. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. I absolutely, yes, I called Eric Decker out because I think that Eric Decker is that good of a receiver because the matchups that he gets, it, I mean, it's, it's barbecue chicken. He should be eating all day. Like, that, that's just factual. And I love the fact that he came out against the Patriots and said, okay, you guys, you're going to double Brandon. You're going to sit me over here with this guy. He's lunch. He's food. And I, I'm coming to eat. And he did. He played extremely well. That's the Eric Decker that I want to see at every, almost every game. I just feel like he's such a good receiver that there's just no reason that guy should even be coming close to him. He should just destroy people over there. But kudos to Eric Decker. He definitely showed up. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I still want to see more of Devin Smith. I, I just, you want to see him get more involved in the offense. I don't know if it's an end around, quick slant, bubble, something, bubble screen, mm-hmm. anything. Just don't you want to see more of Devin Smith, though? Like, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying I want to see him incorporated more into the offense. Absolutely, and that's something I was I was I wanted to talk about too. Was the bubble screen? You got to get him a bubble screen. You got to get the ball in his hands somehow. Um, his route running is a little a little, a little shifty. He he struggles with kind of getting even though he's fast, um, getting off the line using his hands. He does kind of struggle with getting that separation. Um, but I, again, he's a rookie, young guy. He's going to learn. But I do want to see him get involved more into the offense. Uh, like you said, bubble screens, end around, something, quick slant, something to get the ball in his kid's hands so he can just fly and we can see what he's got. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's – if we, you know, we can – if you want to go into predictions now, I mean, I, I mean, we, we've covered a lot tonight. We want to thank all the callers, everybody on Twitter. I know a lot of people are probably watching that game now and stuff, so we appreciate your time. Um, so this is a game that you have to win. There, there's no excuses. There's really not. I, I don't want to hear about – I don't want to hear about anything. You come out and win this game. If you want to be considered a legitimate team – a competitive team, one of the better teams in the AFC, this is a game you win convincingly. So I'm going to now drink the Jets Kool-Aid and the Todd Bowles mantra of, you know, I'm just going to – I'm buying in still. But, you know, hopefully Mangold plays, hopefully Calvin Pryor plays, Buster Screen can get on the field. I'm going to say 27-10 Jets. I think they're going to put a beating on them. I think just because they're going to be angry, they're going to be motivated, and Todd Bowles is going to push the right button. So I'm going to say 27-10 Jets. Mm. Um, I'm going to say 28-17 Jets. 
Um, I, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball early, put up, probably put up some points, but then we just shut them down late um, and pull away. So I think that's what happened. Especially one another guy that I'm kind of I'm worried about is Alden Smith. I, I really want to see how they use him in this game against us because he is still a solid pass rusher in this league. So I'm just kind of worried about him a little bit as far as their defense. But that's it. I, I think we win this game though. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was, and you know, it's it, on paper. I mean, everything's there. There, there just should be no excuses. Seriously, I, I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't. I, you know, it's it's like it's a new year, a new regime, new leadership, all this newfound energy. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing very well. No excuses. Go there and just blow him out of the building and come back with a victory, and that's it. You know, it's that's it. Yeah. Joe, we we will now transfer over to a favorite time of many that listen to our show. This is the time where your time to shine, my friend. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. First off, I want to thank everyone. Uh, I am a man of the people, and as a man of the people, let me first off shamelessly promote our Facebook page. Search Long Beach Joe on Facebook, all right? Like that page. Get involved with what we're doing over there. Listen to our content. Message us. We'll message you right back. Go ahead and leave a feedback about the show as well. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely go back and forth and see what you guys think. You can follow me on Twitter at YoungJ000. That's three zeros, guys, all right? Follow me. I'll follow you right back. Message me. I'll message you right back. You want to troll me, that's fine. You can troll me. I'll troll you right back. I have no problem with that. Okay, also on YouTube, I do videos, pick them every single week. Go to zero. that's on YouTube. That's three zeros on Twitter. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to my, my page over there. Message me. Watch my content. I'll message you right back. Troll me. That's fine. You can also go to nyjetsfans.com. Great website uh, that we're a part of. My videos are on there as well. Go ahead and watch my videos over there. They have a shop full of stuff. Go buy something. Favorite the site. Read the articles. A lot of great writers. Tyson writes for them as well. Great writers. So just go ahead and read all the articles. And as always, guys, all right, when you see me, everyone can attest. When you see me in person, if you want a hug, it's free. Arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone, okay? I don't charge anyone for anything. I won't bill you later. There will be no problems. I'm telling you, I see you. I love every single one of you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You know what, Joe? for listening to us. We love every single one of you guys. Thank you. What? what? No, no, I understand. How do you want to ruin you call, this? You, you, go know, you call me, you call me Hollywood, and yet you yes. have a three minute, you have a three minute farewell. Well, it's 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 it's, it's love, is what it is. It's, it's me expressing to the people how much I love them, and how much they matter to me. It, you can't put a time stamp on that, Tyson. See, that's the problem. You're so Hollywood. You're so above everybody else. You never have to worry about those things. You don't you don't love anybody. It's all about me. I'm Tyson Roush. It's my time. It is Roush time. We don't have time for that here. Let's share with the people. Let's love the people and let's give back and thank them for See, listening but, to us. Without, without but I do, them, but I, but I do love certain things though. You love disgusting things. Disgusting. You just love yourself. We have this great lineup. We have this great show. Great callers. And then you play that, you know. This is makes me want to puke. Absolutely, makes me want to puke. We want to we want to thank and make sure you check out um, uh, asiasin dot org, please. We want to thank Jerry Cahill for calling in tonight, sharing that. Please check that out. Um, they got a lot of events coming up. So cystic fibrosis is you know it's a serious thing. So please 
review the review the um the foundation, check out and if you can donate or contribute, I think they would definitely appreciate it. So once again, Joe, it's been fun. Hopefully this time next week we're talking about a Jets victory and not another demoralizing loss. And uh five and two be a pretty good thing to talk about. So we will talk to everybody next week. You're listening to Let's Talk Jets Radio.